Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker? Rucker? Whoa, that was weird. Rucker, how's it going? Hot start. I'm doing good. <laughs> We're off to a good start, Metcalf. It's 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 so funny because like I feel like each passing week with talking with uh, draft fans on social media and doing podcasts with everyone, like I'm getting way more excited. So I, I'm dangerously afraid of how I'm going to feel in like three more weeks, but... Um, I'm excited to be doing another episode with you as always. How are we doing, Metcalf? How's the week going? How was the weekend? I'm fantastic. W- weather here is gorgeous. Got out on the golf course. Um, so how'd you play? How'd you play? You you've been talking oh, about okay. golf way too much. Okay. I know, I know. I'm my, my age is starting to show. I, <laughs> I spent my Saturday doing yard work and going to Home Depot and golfing. So, whew, yikes. Um, it was okay. The it was, it was more about the experience, less about the Oh, sport. no. That's not- <laughs> Did we lose under or over five golf balls? Oh, under. Didn't lose. Oh, one. wow. So, okay. So I'm impressed. So yeah, that's I'm a impressed. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I lesser podcast would have edited out that, that little slip up at the beginning, but we are, you know, one would argue almost too much ourselves on this podcast. Yes. So, so it, it's staying in. Um, but today I'm really excited to talk about some guys that we have barely covered at all during this draft process. And that is some of the top international class. So it's, you know, compared to recent years, I would say this international class is a bit of a downer right. um, or at least not as deep, but there are still some home run swings and some interesting talent there. When we think about guys who are getting projected in the the first or you know early second who who really stands out to you out of that group and who who do you kind of want to start out with i mean did you want to start with the hotter names or do you want to just kind of go backwards in metcalf i'm going to throw it right i want to i want to go in whatever direction you're feeling yeah but you always make me feel i want to like give you the freedom to pick sometimes um Let's do Zhang. Let's Perfect. let's let's do the hot name. Um, I know people are probably locked in and, and ready to foam at the mouth and listen to it, but you know you guys got to stay the whole time because we're going to talk about all these guys and it's going to be great. But um, you know it, it is kind of wild. Uh, I've been talking to an international scout the whole year, and I was just kind of like trying to pick their minds about it. And the whole year, it's just been like it's just been a downer of a year for international guys. It, it really has been, but. I think Zhang has, has created the late momentum to mm-hmm. sort of bring some excitement, bring some flair back into the international class. There's and, and it's not like I'm saying these guys aren't good. I think me and you both would agree, Metcalf. There's some really interesting guys still. Mm-hmm. It's just not the star, you know, Denny Avdia potentially going in the top 10, like, type of guys. Um, but, I, I mean – let's 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 you start off with Zhang what are, what are your thoughts because I feel like this is one of those guys we haven't talked about you know off camera too much yeah saying candidly after his brutal first half of the season I I kind of wrote him off as like whoo this guy is three years away from being three years away and yeah um, my favorite saying in the draft 
I, I, I was so disappointed because there was a ton of hype surrounding him, obviously, entering, entering the season as him being that one international guy. Uh, lengthy 3-and-D, you know, versatile forward. And he got off to uh, arguably the worst start to a season out of anyone in this draft class. Um, I know that may seem hyperbolic, but I really don't think it is. When I did that final deep dive on his second half of the season, I really wanted to put him top 10. I thought it was obscenely impressive and a completely different version of who we saw the first couple months. Um, it, It really took me by surprise. It really, you know, made me take a step back and like complete I basically took out all my previous notes and deleted them um not actually because I I do think the whole season matters but it, it was really hard for me to leave him out of the top 10 and I, and I just I still have him just at the end of the lotto because I do think the whole year matters but what he showed in the second half of the year was obscenely impressive it's one of the, you know, I, I've always, I always joked with the guys that know ceilings for everyone listening. I'm always like, I hate doing big boards in the beginning of the year because we need to get the entire year. We need to get the whole slate before we can evaluate guys. But as I've said in previous like pods, if you're listening for the first time, like this has been great. You guys have pushed me out of my comfort zone this year and I've loved doing the big boards. It's been great to kind of test yourself as an evaluator, but shang has been the perfect example of you got to wait to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone listening that hasn't really done a dive on him, you know, Jang is a 18. I think he's still 18. He might've just turned 19. I whatever. So. But yeah. He, so he's 6'10". He's from France. Um, was, was generating some buzz overseas last year. Decided to go play in the NBL of Australia this year which was a big deal um, because he's very thin framed. Um, I think he's around like 6'10", 200 off the top of my head, um, but he's skinny. And NBL's got a reputation for being very physical. Um, so beginning of the year was just an absolute nightmare. It, it, it was. It was like I had asked the scout I mentioned before. I was like, well, what were your vibes about Zhang? And he's like, he looks like he's in a lost world. Like he has no idea where he belongs. Um and, you know, his first 17 games of the year, he was averaging 6.3 points, 3.2 rebounds, 0.9 assists. His shooting splits, Metcalf, 29, 18, 70. Not great, Bob. In 18 minutes. So, like, Metcalf wasn't milking it. It, it was brutal to watch. Like, he just – it looked like a guy that was just overmatched. He, he couldn't find any rhythm, couldn't find his groove. But then you go back and you watch, like, he starts heating up and, and the confidence starts building. In his last 10 games of the year, he averaged 12.9 points, um, 3.5 rebounds, 1.1 assists, shooting splits 51, 36, 63. So just complete different player, just like all over the place. Like, just unbelievable how quick the switch flipped. So. Zhang, I'm right there with you. When, when you watched that first sample, I was like, oh boy, I got to, we save this for a rainy day. I'll come back to this one because you mm-hmm. just, it sometimes it just clicks in the middle of the season. And when it clicks, you want to see if that can continue to build. And then you go watch that second half and you're like, whoa, this is something. Like, this is exactly where I understand the hype. So um, I'm excited because I think, 
I think someone's going to buy pretty heavy Metcalf. I I think this could be the name. Like Zaire Williams last year just had all of us wanting to fall out of our chair. I think it could be Zhang this year. I I think we could be hearing him go somewhere that we're like not mentally ready for right now. Yeah, and based on what he showed in the second half of the year, it wouldn't surprise me if he went top 10 because with that length, that rawness, the, the, you know, raw skills that he showed, you know, it's not difficult to convince yourself that you can mold him into something really special. And I I think, you know, everyone loves the offense um, with, you know, when doing evaluation. So I think starting with his offense is a good place to start as we dive into him. The percentages were, you know, pretty all over the place for the entire season, but I buy the shot long-term. I think he's got really good touch, really, you know, consistent mechanics. It looks pretty good. What really stood out to me though, was the passing and like not, not, not primary playmaker or anything like that, but a guy who can attack, attack the rim and dump it off to a cutter who can kick it out to the open shooter, who can just identify when the double comes or when the rotation comes and counter it quickly. And that passing was a jump in awareness that um, really kind of took me off guard from an offensive standpoint. What stood out to you the most as like a positive sign for who he will be going forward? You know, I I feel like the shot's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Especially like as a catch and shoot guy, like I think that's what really started to, maybe shift the confidence was, was that he was just all of a sudden being like, I, I can do this. I could be a catch and shoot guy in the corner. And, and if I hit a couple shots, like, okay, like I belong out here because it's smooth. And, and mm-hmm. with that size, it's consistent. Um, he's also got, he's got some wiggle that is really impressive for his length and size and frame. He's got some wiggle off the bounce which he can take some step backs and he's not afraid if people are right up in his face and the shot is smooth. The passing really is the, is the cherry on top. Like there's really special passing and playmaking tools. Like, do you think, I know I'm getting a little hot take, you know, area right now, but do you think he might have like some of the highest playmaking upside in this class? Cause I, I think there's some vision that's just like, Whoa. Uh, and it's just smooth. It's like off the bounce, over the head, like dimes on a pick and roll. I don't know. It, it, he's just a really fascinating prospect that I I think if teams look at him as like a the percentages and the analytics, they're going to pass him. Mm-hmm. But I think if someone just watches him and sees like what raw potential and what he could do, they're going to fall in love. Like some team's going to take them and be like, we don't care about the numbers and the analytics because we've seen the growth throughout the year and we see the upside still. Yeah. And so to, to take a step back towards your playmaking comment or question, um, it's tough because I think he's a really good passer, but I don't see like primary guy, but at the same time, when you compare him to the rest of the class, this is a class that's pretty bereft of playmaking and it's not a really impressive playmaking class. So if we're judging on where guys are now and where they could be five years from now, he certainly could be at the very top of the list and who's grown the most because the creativity, the vision, the length, the height that allows for a lot of different passes that most 
other guys in this class can't make. And when I I do think the shot's going to fall more consistently as he, you know, continues to age. Cause like you said, it looks really pretty and he has really good touch on it. So as that continues to grow, as the wiggle and the ball handling continue to grow, combined with the passing, he's just going to be a really difficult assignment for defenders. What worries me a little bit is how little physicality he plays with. And, you know, this isn't, oh, he needs to get stronger, because he does, just like every 18-year-old in the history of man besides Jalen Duran. Um, he's skinny and, you know, he needs to bulk up and I expect he will, but even skinny guys can play through contact and can invite contact. And he doesn't really do that on either end of the floor. Are you worried about that at all with him? What either on offense or defense? For sure. I, I think that's a big, big deal when you're evaluating guys that, that could prevent guys from really reaching their potential. Um, because it, it was a big deal when he announced he was going to leave France and go play in the NBL because everyone was pointing right at that. They said, this is either going to be really big for him, or mm-hmm. this is going to be a rude awakening. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I did a episode in the beginning of the year with, with Nathan on draft deeper and we had Raphael on there. And I was like, are you worried about Zhang going to the NBL? Because I, we were talking about um, Zhang or uh, Basson, who we're going to talk about later. And I was like, I feel like Hugo's a better fit for that. I feel like Zhang might have a rude awakening. And it looked exactly like that in the beginning of the year. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but you could just, the thin frame, the way he plays the game, he's not inviting it. You know, it's not like yeah. another thin guy, Chet. Like everyone's going to be like, well, Chet's skinny. And it's like, but Chet's mentality and Zhang's mentality are two different worlds. Right. Because I would one even guy throw like want- Bryce McGowan's in that. Yes. In that group and he might be right in the middle. It's like <laughs> the three stepping stones of the skinny guys. So it's just funny because you watch him and you're like, oh man, all the tools are there. But he that big jump to the NBL is now going to get like two leaps with the physicality of the NBA. So Zhang's going to be fascinating because if you take him early, you might need to just let him develop the first year. He needs to be in a weight room. He needs a strength and conditioning coach to basically be his roommate for an entire year. Like he needs to put on that physicality and muscle and weight just for the mentality Mm -hmm. of like, I'm going against stronger guys all the time because he has the length. He has a lot of tools that are really, really dangerous, but I think he's got, you have to fix that mentality. And it's right what you said, Metcalf. It, he does not invite it on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. He almost shies away from yeah. it. And changing someone's mental approach is way more difficult than developing a skill, at least in my right. opinion. I agree. Um, you, you can't really teach a guy to be tough. Um, and you can always challenge them and hope that they develop it eventually, but it's way more of a challenge. However, the rest of Jang's defense... I shockingly really enjoyed and I thought his footwork was really impressive. I thought his instincts defending on ball were really good. Um, Even as like a weak side rim protector, I thought there were signs of legitimate promise. There were some rotations he would miss and um, you know, he would be like half a step late, but then he has that length to at least kind of get in the way, even though he's not really cutting off a guy. So just from a fundamental standpoint or off ball defense standpoint, 
Um, is there anything with his defense that you came away really enjoying or encouraged about? I think I was more, I'm interested to kind of pick your brain a little bit more about that. Because when you, when you say you like, like guys technique, I really take, I'm like, okay, now I need to watch him again. Um, you know, it was encouraging to me and I don't want this to sound bad when I say this, it was encouraging to me that I wasn't like, that's a glaring weakness. Like mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, okay, everything's solid. Everything looks like there's good potential. Um, I did think he had like some good fundamentals when it came to like closeouts, his feet. Sometimes it looked like he just reacted a little slow, but I think that's fine because it's just a young guy learning rotations, stuff like that. But he had some also the opportunities and plays and examples where guys blow by him, but you see the catch up speed where he came and blocked a shot from behind and then the closing speed he had, I was like, okay, that's where the length and athleticism really makes up. So I, I found myself more pleasantly, like I, I was going into it thinking like, he's, this is going to be where I fall out of love with them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, maybe this isn't as bad as I was like hoping or thinking it was going to be. So what, what, I mean, do you think Metcalf, do you think he's going to be all right early on when it comes to like holding his own? Do you think he's going to be one of those more like once the game clicks with the off ball stuff, he's going to be a weapon? Do you think, like, what's the biggest area you think he needs some improvement right away? Or where do you think he might have some immediate success? Because now I'm trying to remember him as like an on ball defender and stuff like that. And I do feel like I remember him being more you know, the feet, like you said, yeah. keep standing out to me. I feel like I was pleasantly surprised with the feet. Yeah. The, the f- quickness and fluidity of his hips and mm-hmm. his feet was what really stood out to me. Um, what really bothered me was that he didn't really cut off drives. Mm-hmm. He would just kind of mirror and go with the guy to the rim. And that's where the physicality standpoint or, you know, point we talked about earlier, that's where that comes back into play because he, he has all the fundamentals and the technique and the length and the physical gifts to move with guys on the perimeter and cut off their drives and be a quality point of attack defender, um, at least for wings. But he doesn't, get into him. He doesn't kill their drives. And if you're not doing that, then it's like, okay, then you're just kind of being annoying and getting in the way and hoping they miss or hoping you get a block at the rim. And that's a lot less effective than keeping them out of the paint entirely. So it it, it was weird because there'd be so many times where he would flip his hips, you know, go with the guy perfectly and be like, Oh, cool. You, you killed that move, but then he would angle back towards the rim as the guy continued to drive and it's like, no, you, you had him like dead to rights, like angle your body differently and kill where this guy's trying to go. And he just didn't do that a lot. Um, and you know, so that bothered me the weak side, the, um, and off ball stuff I thought was, is either perfect or a complete disaster. Um, (laughs) so you know, when, when he was playing the low man, I thought that he had some really good weak side rotations mm-hmm. and really used his length perfectly to disrupt guys at the rim. Um, but chasing guys off screens or, you know, making that tag and recover, that's where I thought it got a little more inconsistent and he would kind of lose his man uh, when they would relocate. Just typical ball watching stuff that we see from young guys all the time. 
So I guess to circle back and actually answer your question, um, I don't think he'll be a good defender in early in his career. Right, right. But he has all the tools to be a really impactful and versatile defender because that that size, that length, that fluidity um, in his hips and feet, we don't get that a ton. And when we do, those guys typically turn out to be really good defenders if he can embrace that physical play, if he can add muscle and be, be willing to invite contact or initiate contact and, you know, kill guys momentum and cut them off before they can really even get going. This is why I love doing this podcast with you so much, because I feel like I have an idea of what I'm trying to say. And then when I hear you talk about it, I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking. So the, the, I remember he has good feet and I'm always like, yes, that you're, you're right there. Good, good hips, way to switch. And when guys drive on him, I'm always like, you could have got there. You could wall him yeah. off. Like what's going on? And, and you see like guys drive by him easily. And sometimes it's just kind of like the coast to see if the big's going to block it. Sometimes he has that fire of like, oh, I'm going to block it from behind. Mm-hmm. But there was just too many times where I was like, wait, he could have, he could have walled him off. And, and now that I'm talking it out with you, I'm like, is that a mentality of, I don't want to be physical. Is that a mentality of like, I'm just trying to kind of get him to where my help is. And I found myself a number of times being like, if, if he just could flip that switch of being like, no, stop, I'm going to stop you here from your drive. And then the next time I have the quickness to get in front of the other one, he could be nasty because he has yeah. that length. He, his flips and mobility are impressive enough. But um, it, it was just funny because I was like, what am I missing? Why, what do I'm trying to say? And then you talked and I was like, thank you, Metcalf. That's why I love you. <laughs> So someone's who de- who someone whose defense I was really not frustrated with at all was his teammate Hugo Basson. Um I thought he was a dog defensively, and I I was so impressed with his work rate. Where where, where did you land with his defense? I love Hugo. Um, I will be I will be guilty right now. He's like third on my list of my deep dives coming up and I'm already prepared that I'm going to watch his entire year again. And I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love because I was just so obsessed with him in the beginning of the year. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, this is a dog. This guy just <laughs> plays hard. Yeah. And, and I love the way he plays. I think some teams can be convinced he could be like a microwave rotation guard, change of pace guard off the bench. Um, I just, you know, defensively, I think he just, gives a shit. Um, and and I think he just wants to battle. He's so competitive. Um, this is even from last year when he was playing in France as well. You could see when you watch Hugo, like the dude has swagger. He is feisty. Mm -hmm. He he's not afraid of anyone. He will go toe to toe with anyone. Um, so I think defensively, like I love the guys that they they may never be the Patrick Beverly's or like the Marcus Smarts, like those guys, but they might just be like, I don't care. I'm going to play as hard as I can. Like I will, those guys who you can deal with because you could coach them because they're going right. to be motivated to be able to hold their own. So yeah, I like Hugo defensively. I, I, I think high effort guys that um, fight. I, I feel like Hugo does a good job of like, he works his butt off to get through screens and stuff. Yeah. Um 
What about you? What what impressed you so much with with the defense, Metcalf? I I love this episode because I'm just I'm trying to feed you now. I'm I'm doing the reverse psychology because I want Metcalf talking more. Um, it, it was just his give a shit factor, yes. and it was super high. Um, just with the screen navigation, how he would hound guys, you know, out towards the half court line um off ball he would occasionally fall asleep or be a step slow reacting to his guy running off a screen or something but the vast majority of it he was really good at uh denying the ball fighting through screens his screen navigation was really impressive the quickness of his feet it wasn't always perfect with how he would slide and occasionally cross but he was so quick with his movements it's kind of like how we talked about johnny davis where their work rate and their quickness and athleticism is so high and their fight to get in the right position is constant on every possession. That's like, okay, this is a guy who I just, I I didn't really even have an opinion of his defense going in and then just came away super impressed by it. He's just one of those guys, Metcalf, that I I feel like every time you watch him, um, I feel like he's just going to stick. I don't know why. Yeah. I just I, I believe that this could be a second round guy that comes over and teams love his his mentality, the way he plays, how hard he plays. He's not going to be afraid of anyone because he's this has just been his character, his his makeup, his whole entire life on a basketball court. So I love I love Hugo. Um, kind of why I've saved him from my deep dives because I'm like I, I know I'm going to fall back in love in a hurry and I'm be playing Careless Whisper in the background while I'm watching film. <laughs> But um, I get it, man. I, I think people are going to be like, oh, he's a little undersized. What is he? Is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? And I'm like, well, maybe he's just a basketball player. Maybe he's just going to be a dang good piece. Um, so I don't know. I I, I get it. Yeah, fat, so I, I love that you're giving him the defensive love. <laughs> I was not expecting that curveball. Well, yeah, but your, your question of what is he leads me into my next yes. question. And – it's basically what is he? Because on offense, I was a little underwhelmed with him when he had the ball in his hand. Um, I think he's a good passer, but I think a lot of his creation is purely straight line stuff. Um, but then I love the off ball shooting, and that's where I thought he was super deadly. Um, so as an offensive piece, how do you kind of view him? So when you say you're a little underwhelmed with the like him having the ball in his hands. Are you just saying as like a playmaker? Um, so I, I didn't think he was like an outstanding playmaker. I thought he was a good passer. Like he takes care of the ball. He makes the right read. He moves it to where it needs to go, but he's not really manipulating the defense. He's not creating space for his guys, um, attracting gravity. And then just even as a scorer, I didn't think he was that kind of dynamic of a ball handler. Um, and maybe, maybe that's where the athleticism burst, explosiveness, uh, wiggle size kind of all come into come into play. But it seemed like a lot of his downhill stuff was just kind of predictable um, and very straight line without much craft or change of pace. Okay, I, I was just making sure. Um, I got to be better about this. So everyone listening that hasn't watched Hugo, he's about six three. Um, he was making some buzz last year overseas in France was potentially going to be like a second round flyer, kept his name out of the draft. He withdrew. Then he went to go play an NBL with Uzman Zhang. Um, and he started out the year. He was red hot. He was really mm-hmm. impressing. 
Um, he's going to be a little older. He just turned 21 um, in April. So um, here's my thing with Hugo. I think if you're bring if you're drafting Hugo, you're getting him to score, and that's going to have to be like if you are a team that's like we need a microwave guard who can just come in and, and fill up the buckets in a little bit. I think Hugo's that's going to be like his calling guard. Like he's going to be holding his hand up, like I got gotcha. you. That is my bread and butter. Let me do that. He's fascinating because um, I feel like he's a little bit dangerous in the pick and roll, but mainly as like getting his shots. I feel like he needs screens a lot to kind of get his look. But once he he's a really good feel of being like, oh, you're trailing me. I have this easy jumper. Like it's smooth. He has a good shot. I understand. I completely agree with you about like the playmaking. It's not ever going to be his go-to, but he can right. make the right reads. He can be basic, the vanilla factor, if you want right. to put it that way. I thought I was a little shocked to see like his three point shooting because um, the percentages are a little lower than I thought. I I was just looking at his numbers. The last 10 games, he shot 29% from three, which is a little strange because Hugo has like that heat up mentality where he hits two jumpers in a row. And then all of a sudden Hugo will catch the ball flat footed six feet beyond the arc and just be like, thanks and and take it and swish it like he has that's what i love about him he has that swagger of like i'm feeling it and there's nothing you can do to stop me and it's not always like the jr smith pull your hair out shot selection it's just when he knows he's cooking he's cooking so i don't know i'm 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 fascinated i feel like he's oh gosh i hate pro comparison um oh good because i was just about to ask you one no, it, it is like sort of what like Goran Dragic is at the end of his career, but Gor- that, Dragic is like a really good playmaker. So if you're taking that away, right. I'm saying just like he needs to be that change of pace guard that can get to his spots and is like, okay, I got a 15 footer from the elbow, boom, like that's me. Or I got a wide up at three, yep, that's me. But, yeah, so the, the 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 name that kind of kept coming up for me was like. Gabe Vincent from Miami. That's a where, good one. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he may not end up being the most effective NBA defender, but he works on that end. He tries on that end and then he can be a, a flamethrower coming off the bench, even if he's not the primary ball handler, um, you know, with the emergence of these jumbo initiators like Luca and Jokic and Kawhi and PG in their own rights, you know, we, we so frequently just overuse, Oh, well, if he plays off one of those guys, he'll be awesome it's like yeah well if anyone in the world plays off one of those guys they're gonna be yeah. better but if it's like, i played off of not you- there <laughs> if i played with Jokic, he could probably make me look good folks and i might go five for 87 from the field so um i hear what you're saying though yeah so i like i i but i think hugo is kind of one of those guards that we end up inevitably lot you know throwing into that pool of oh if they played with this you know mvp candidate off ball they would look really good and i i think a guy or like a role that gabe vincent has grown into in miami is you know a really good possibility for hugo yeah i i think playoff teams will be fascinated because he could be that little gadget off the bench mm-hmm. 
um, like beginning of the year when he was heating up, I was like, man, like could Golden State use him? And then now they got Jordan Poole doing all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, maybe not. But maybe they still could be like, okay, he could play with Jordan Poole and just light the world on fire. But then maybe he is. Like maybe Miami's thinking like, oh, hey, there's another version of Gabe Vincent or something. But they also seem like they love Gabe Vincent. So I don't know. I, I just – I think he could be a really intriguing – option for like a team that's like we we're missing a little bit of firepower in our rotation and they're not going to be like okay we're drafting him to score 12 points a game but they might be like hey this guy can get the job done um as a change of pace guard but he also has the potential to just light up like and all of a sudden be you know we weren't expecting him to have 15 but he couldn't miss and give us a big boost so he was one of those underrated guys that throughout the draft, I'm going to be watching and be like, man, if he, he lands with an intriguing place, mm-hmm. um, I could see it, it really like being like, oh, I'm going to watch out. Cause Hugo might on year two with that team really cook something up. But um, what about you? Where, where do you think? Like, are you, where are you at with him? Let's, let's go there. Um, oh God. So I'm like mid second round with him. Yeah. I think that's um, right. Just, I, I really like him as a player. My my only hesitancy is that it feels like there are a lot of those types of players. So how much do I, you know, necessarily want to invest? Um, but I, you know, I, I think the talent is obvious and the fact that he works as hard as he does on both ends of the floor. I, I just have a soft spot for guys like that. And I just fall in love with, really high work rates. Cause I don't think it's something you can teach. And if you're going to give me an uber talented guy who doesn't give a fuck or just a good player, who's going to work their ass off on both ends of the floor every night, like I'd be kind of tempted to take the, take the ladder in that scenario because the opportunity for improvement is there. The, you know, the, the nightly impact and effort is there. So I think he's one of these guys where he may not grow into a starting point guard like we may have thought at the beginning of the year when he was super hot. But I think he's shown enough that there's definitely a place in the NBA for him for quite some time. Yeah, I I agree. I also think there's a chance he gets drafted in the second round and will be like the most dangerous man at summer league in Las Vegas. Cause he will, he will, he will play his game. He will not be afraid to shoot. And, and there's a, there could be a game where Hugo comes out his first game and Hugo dropped 23. What? Like what's going on? So he's just one of those, he's a fun guy to watch. He, he really is. But um, I I'm still fascinated because I got him mid second too. Um, I already am preparing to watch him again and be like, I can move him up a little. Like, but there's like guys just kind of similar to him. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I love Iverson Molinar um, yeah. from Mississippi state. And, and that's just kind of one of those guys where they're a little, they're different, but they're also have the same conversation where you're like, is this is a change of pace guy. And, and me and you are very high on Molinar, I think, but um, it, it's just, it's just fascinating. It's a weird point guard class this year. It's, yeah. And we're going to keep saying that forever, but Hugo might be one of those gadget guys that teams are like, we don't love every other point guard, but this guy could be a worthy roll of the dice. All right. Uh, who do you want to go with next? Jovic, Kamigate, or Pachita? 
I want to save Prochita for the end for the grand finale because we're going to talk for four hours about him. So I'm going to make you wait as long as possible. (laughs) So you tell me, what do you want to do? You want to get ugly with Jovic or do you want to, or you want to go Kamagate? Are we going to France or are we going to Serbia? Let's just rip the bandaid off and go with Jovic. Okay, let's do this. Oh boy. Buckle up. Go. Scared. (laughs) I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. And I just watched so much film of him and I don't know yep. what to do. Um, I really want to believe, but I'm really nervous. I can't get over the first step, Metcalf. It, and it's mm-hmm. been bugging me and I've talked about it to some people and everyone listening. That's probably like, you know, a diehard, you know, Jovich fan. Shout out Nick um, at no ceilings, NBA.com. Plug one less than before 40 minutes. Um, I, I just watch him and th- he's 6'10. Oh, here we go. Nikola Jovic is from Serbia. He's 6'10. He's about 205. Um, he's been playing for Mega the last couple of years. He's got talent, folks. He yep. has skills that I'm not denying that. Like, Jovic is a very, very fun idea. Like yeah. the idea of Jovic is awesome. Um, you can shoot the crap out of the ball and he knows it, but I can't get over the first step. It, it's like, I feel like I need to go to AA meetings to talk about it. Like, hi, my name's Tyler and I can't stop fascinating about Nikola Jovic's first step. Cause he's, he's six ten, but he feel like he takes the step of a six one guy. And I know he has like the step back and, and he has some craftiness with the ball, but I feel like, how good is that going to work when you're taking that next leap? So there I'm at, there's my vent. You take it from here. Go. No, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, it's the, the ball skills, the talent, the touch. I think all of that is really obvious and really intriguing, especially at his size. I adore the passing. I think he's an yes. incredible passer. Uh, you know, we talked about who could be the best playmaker um, earlier with Jang. I think Jovic, is right in that conversation. And at that size, that's really unique, but I can't get past the, the, the athleticism and the lack of it. And you're, and I think you said it the best where the idea of him is fascinating. And I'm worried that it's all theoretical because theoretically he should be a mismatch nightmare, but he's not because he doesn't have the strength or physicality to back down guards and he doesn't have the quickness and explosiveness to blow past bigs. Um, he plays at one speed, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Um, you know, when, when we we frequently that's talk a great, about that's a great point, and I did not mean to interrupt you, but that's perfectly said. And anyone that doesn't want to hear it, you need to hear it because that is spot on. I'm, I'm whenever, whenever, whenever you want to compliment me, interrupt me whenever, but I, I'm, I'm just saying that was perfect. Like I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Go ahead. It, it, so I, when we talk about athleticism, um, there, there are so many different versions of it. And, you know, a, a guy who I think is probably maybe similarly athletic or explosive is Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. But the way that Jalen Williams controls pace and changing his pace and uses his strength to leverage and get to his spots, it's night and day compared to what Jovic does. And Jovic is just at that 
he's just constantly in second or third gear and doesn't downshift, doesn't upshift. It's the same the entire time. And I think that really limits what he's going to be able to do on ball because we, we see, uh, you know, non-explosive guys be able to create their own shot and get to the rim all the time. He can't do that. Um, go ahead. No, you're right. Jovic is, he, he is someone driving a sports car that doesn't know how to get past third gear and, and they don't downshift ever. They just stay there. And it might even be second gear. It, it's like, and, and I'm not talking, like when people are listening to this, I'm not saying he can't move up the floor. He can't run the floor. I'm saying he can't, he can't use his hesitations to shift and get right. guys to bite. Like he, Yeah, he's he very get, mobile. He gets to that speed and he stays there. And that's what I'm talking about. That first step is like, if you stop the first step, then you got, he's, he's not nowhere to go. So that's why he goes back to the setbacks. Cause he's like, I have to create spacing somehow, but I just wish he had that little bit more shiftiness, that change of gears. Cause I think that's really important when you're going from international hoops to the next level. Like you need to make that change because he can run the floor. Um, yeah. The playmaking is what keeps me believing. Yes. Like that's how impressive it is because if he didn't have that, I'd be like, no, I'm out. But, um, I, I feel like the playmaking is literally what keeps me just buying stock. Um, but it, it's just, I just don't know because there's so many flashes, mm-hmm. but I keep the idea. Cause this is a big thing that happens. Every draft class is yes. there's a guy everyone fascinates about. And we fascinate about the idea of him, not what we're watching. So we, we go, whoa, a 6'10", he can shoot? He, he, he's got a playmaking? He looks nice. And we're like, yeah. well, is he that? Or are we dreaming of him becoming like a Lamar Odom vibe player, which would be awesome. Right. But I don't know if, I don't know if he has that. And, and I just, I'm going to, this is going to be a guy I'm telling everyone right now, like I'm not saying I'm rooting against him. I'm no, going to be no. watching Jovic more than anyone because I'm trying to figure it out. Like this is a, a mind puzzler. There's always like two or three guys, every draft class that just keeps me like, I have to keep watching them because you got to wait until it clicks in your head. Like, okay, there it is. That's, this is the type of player he's going to be. I watched them. I liked them. And I moved them down like two spots or three spots. I think I had them at 25 before I've got them at 28 now. Like, and it's just, if someone has them at 14, I'm like, Hey, all power to you. I, I understand why people mm-hmm. are believing in the tools, but I just can't get in there. There's other guys ahead of them that I'd be like, I'm, I'm more willing to roll the dice on them. Yeah. And at that size, he's going to be expected to defend at some level. Um, wh- where did you land with his defense? Just kind of the same boat where it's, it, it's, you see the flashes and then I, I, I'm like, I want more. I thought, I feel like I saw, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm trying to process all the film in my head right now. Um, I feel like I came away with a little impressed with this off ball stuff. Like he was doing good with like rotations at, at times mm-hmm. and had some good active hands. Um, it was just nothing. I was going to be like, I'm a fall in love with that. But I was like, he looks like he's going to be able to be fine. Like he looks like he understands he'll be able to stick. Um, that's all I got. I mean, where are you at? I, I, I feel like I, 
I just wanted more the whole time <laughs> yeah. I watched him. And, and I, I hate that because when you get to the end of the film and you get to that, you're like, this means I got to go deeper. I got to dive in deeper because yeah. I just don't have a great feel. So what about you? I, I thought his defense was really similar to Jang's actually. Yes. Where um, I, I was more impressed with Jovic's off ball stuff because I, I do think he has a really high basketball IQ and just awareness of when and where to be stuff like that. Not that he's going to be at this huge weak side disruptor or anything, but he's not going to kill you off ball. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with his, uh, with his perimeter footwork. And when he was able to keep the ball on one side of the floor, I thought that was that that's when he looked the best. But when he was forced to flip his hips, he did the same thing that Jang does where he just, he doesn't cut off a guy's drive. Um, but it's even more exaggerated where if he's, you know, shading a guy to Jovic's right, and he has to flip his flip his hips back to his left, that left foot drop step is so exaggerated that it goes straight back to the rim, that he's almost panicking that the guy is making him change directions and he's immediately retreating to the rim. This, you know, this obviously helps him contest at the rim because he does have good length and that stuff. When the guy actually drove all the way, it looked good, but that movement creates so much space that a a decent pull-up shooter is going to be able to take two dribbles and knock down, you know, a pretty uncontested 17 footer and just really expose him. Um, or, you know, even just throw in a hesitation move and get Jovic off balance. And then he's at the rim with ease. So that, that worried me. And I, I don't know if it's just a fundamental thing that you can, you know, kind of just coach him up on if it's a mental thing where he just doesn't want the physicality aspect of it, or if he's just flat out panicking of, Oh my God, I have to change directions and I just cannot give up a layup. I mean, I I feel now uh, this is just, you're just picking my brain apart tonight. I love it. Um, Now that you mentioned that again, like I I do feel like I got, I kept getting to his defense and every time I saw him, I was like, okay, the feet look nice. And it was the exact same thing you just said. Like when he got attacked, it seemed like he was mentally almost just ready for someone to blow by him. So he was like trying to anticipate and prepare for that. Where it's like, if you're doing that at the next level, guys are going to know I got to take one strong dribble and just take a little step back. And this guy's going to fly by and I'm going to have all this spacing. Um, I just feel like, it, and it's so weird because like Serbian guys are usually really tough. They're really they're feisty. Okay, they yeah. they want to come after you and feel like I just kept wanting to, I was like, can you just give me a little more physical, physical like activity, please. Like, but you never know. Um, it, it could just be this, this mind's flip that switches. You never know. That's, what the fun part about this year is because you start diving for some intel. You start hearing about who these types of players are, what, what makes their mind click, what type of mentality they have. Jovic will be one of the ones I'm, I'm most fascinated to find out about, but um, I'm still just convinced that everyone's a little drunk on the idea and mm-hmm. I get the idea, but I still think there's some, areas that are a little bit more alarming when it comes to like weaknesses than maybe some imagine the shooting's awesome. He can shoot the crap out of the ball from deep. Um, and, and he's got some flashes of really special stuff, but I just still think important areas for him to create 
our weaknesses, like our, our alarming signs to me. So I, I'm just, I hope I watch another 24 hours of them. And, and I finally am like, okay, I was wrong. But yeah, for now, you know, I will be taking over bets. <laughs> All right. Well, since you wanted to end on Perchita, let's go to Ishmael Kamagate. Um, sorry, just looking for his measurements. Oh, my God. There they are. Uh, 6'11", 220-pound center, playing for Paris this year. Um, he is athletic, um, but he also feels super raw. And he's one of these rare at least th- this is how I kind of picture him. Um, I would love if you saw something completely different, but I came away much more impressed with his offense and his offensive upside than I necessarily did with his defense. Um, sort of. I kind of lean a little bit. Here's my here's here's what it is with Kamigate. So I, I was hot on him in the beginning of the year. I did a foreign mm-hmm. relations piece on him at No Ceilings. Metcalf, you did one too, right? You did a, a piece uh, about Kamigate. Yeah, about his interior scoring. Um, yeah. So I think it is. First of all, the best part about him is his motor. Yeah. He will play through the whistle. He will play till maybe his feet burn off. Like that. that he's just he's gonna yes. give you all he's got. He's older, but he's a late bloomer. I think it's just one of these guys that finally is like getting minutes and he's like showcasing that he has this upside, but you obviously can see the rawness like quickly. And and I think it's more of like timing and anticipation and reaction because the defensive side of the ball, he'll have some really impressive sequences, but there's also some impressive flashes where it's like he's a split second late, but his, yeah. his length and mobility make up for it but there's also there's other times he's just late he, he just doesn't read it fast enough so i think maybe playing time and the fact that he's a late bloomer will help that window close um i understand the offensive flashes because like like i said he his motor goes crazy he's got this crazy length he tries to dunk everything in the yes. world and i love it and it's awesome like you throw it anywhere around the rim. He's got this freakish length and just good hand. And he just wants to dunk with power. Like he tries to send a message on everything. So I get, I understand what you're, what you're saying about the offensive flash is a little better. Um, I think, it, I think his perimeter defense is a little better than I was expecting. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be having some rough, like growing pains in the mm-hmm. early part of his career. But I think there's more positive stuff. Like he keeps his feet active. He doesn't get like s- cement blocks. He stays active. He looks like he's like, I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> I'm giving you all I got. I, I'm, I'm trying. And um, I think he's got the mobility to kind of react. I think it's just that he needs reps. Yeah. And, and then he'll get better with that timing and anticipation. So, um, yeah, I don't think what you're saying is wrong. I just, I'm more intrigued with Kamigate after I've started to watch him a little bit more again. Like I understand mm-hmm. why I was such a big fan at the beginning of the year. Um, what about you with the defense or what, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I I'm, I'm right there with you where what, what, once I kind of did that final deep dive, it was like, God, this guy is fun. Like he's yeah. just, he's just fun to watch and he plays so damn hard. 
Um, I, I think the defensive upside is legitimate, and that's because of that work rate. That's because of his athleticism and his feet, I think, are some of the more impressive among the big man class. Um, my concerns are what he does off ball and in space, like in the pick and roll, where I think he kind of gets lost. But like you said, he needs reps. He needs experience. He's a late bloomer. So hopefully that's just not really knowing what to do yet all the time. And it's not disastrous by any means. I'm, I'm not trying to say that he's a bad defender. I just don't think that he's as good of a defender as he, I think he should be. Um, and his his shortcomings on that end of the floor are a lot of stuff that we see with you know, with inexperienced guys because they don't, they, they struggle with that cat and mouse game and drop coverage. They're a step late on a weak side rotation. They're, you know, get, getting screened off on a post up because they're on the wrong side of a guy. It's stuff like that because theoretically that athleticism, that mobility, he should be this lethal rim protector. Um, and there are certainly signs of that. It's just not as consistently as I came away wanting. Um, a little more concerning though was I didn't think he was a very good rebounder and that kind of bothered me um, for someone, his size, his, with his athleticism, you know, when it was near him, he grabbed it, but he missed box outs all the time. Um, he let guys get inside position a lot. And I think he only averaged like six rebounds a game. And for mm-hmm. someone, his size in that role, that needs that, that that's way too low. You're on fire. You're you're kicking my ass today. Um, <laughs> that's a great point. I, I it was one of the things that's bothered me about him, and I'm actually he's second on my list. I'm about to do a finals on Kamagate. I was I'm, I always try to give the international guys a little more time because their season yeah. goes longer than the other guys. Um, so he's second on my list. I'll probably have that this week. But it, it was one thing when I watched him. I was like, you're high energy, you're all over the place, you have this crazy length, and there's a ton of times where I was like, I need you to be more on the boards. Like, I need you to get after it and be nasty. And he has, like, he puts back some crazy stuff that you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. he he's a highlight machine. You get really excited to watch a Kamigate. Like, someone is going to watch Kamigate highlights after they draft him and be like, oh my gosh, we got to steal. It's going to yeah. be the Kai Jones effect 2.0. But um, the rebounding, definitely, because like the box out, I feel like he tries to sometimes do the, I'm athletic and big, I'll get the yeah. ball. And it's like, no, you got to battle. You got to get down there and get ugly about it. Um, because, yeah, I'm looking at his numbers. Uh, in 27 minutes, this year he averaged 11.3 points and 6.5 rebounds with 1.6 blocks um 64 from the field and 64 from the free throw line i think it's just one of these like late bloomer guys where like everyone loves to use the clint capella comparison now for big i guess that's the, the pro we're using this year and i feel like kamagate would probably be the closest thing towards it um because it's just if if some NBA team could get him in their developmental system and be like, set screens, rebound, catch every alley-oop, and block shots. He might have a real shot to stick for a very long time at the NBA level, but we need the rebounding to be a lot better. And he's just going to need some fundamentals. 
might be a G League guy, might need to spend some time just getting a ton of reps. So I like him. Uh, um, I just, I understand your, like if he was a rebounding machine, yeah. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. Yeah. He'll figure everything else out. Like he just needs to play. Um, but there's some questions that like he could get lost, like you're saying. So I get the concerns. Yeah. I re- real quick on him. I, I want to circle back to the offense too. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the ferocity in which he dunks and, and his catch radius reminds me of back in the day with the NFL draft where they would take wide receivers and have them stand in like a garage door and being like, Calvin Johnson would catch anything here. You know, it, it reminds me of that, of how freakish his catch radius is. Yes. Um, but I, I also think he's really like, we always talk about feet with big men. I think he, his footwork is incredible, especially out of the short roll and on post-ups. And I think he has good touch. So I, I don't think he's just purely this rim runner. And I'm not saying that that's what you were saying, but I, I think he has a lot more to his game outside of that, where he can do different stuff out of the short roll. I think he's shown some really intriguing passing flashes. I don't think he's ever really going to shoot it, but within 10 feet, I think he'll have a decent kind of floater, um, you know, kind of similar to, Rashawn Holmes, maybe not that elite, um, but that type of player where he can, you know, spin against a rotation and finish with a reverse layup where he can pass out a short roll to a cutter or spot up shooter, um, you know, stop on a dime for a floater. So I, I think he has a lot more kind of unique offensive upside um, that isn't directly tied to, you know, being able to shoot it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think you'll watch his highlights. Um, some people will throw on a YouTube highlight tape and you'll be like, Oh, he dunks everything in the world. Okay. But he does have some tools. Like he ha- like you're saying, he has some touch. He has some footwork. The passing upside has been really like, okay, mm-hmm. there might be something. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think like Toronto in the second <laughs> round, if they could get him, Woo! Like I, yeah. I, I'm saying, that is the Toronto Raptor developmental thing. That in in a year or two, all of a sudden he's playing serious minutes in a in a playoff series, and you're like, oh man, Kamagate is <laughs> nice. Like it, he's just one of those guys. So, um, I I agree with you. I'm right there. All right. Well, w- we're gonna end up running a little long on this, but it's worth. It'd it. be a travesty if we didn't talk about our, our sweet prince Gabriel Pachita. So. I'll, I'll I'll let you just go. No, we can't do that. You got to go because <laughs> this is this has been Metcalf's bread and butter besides Johnny Davis all year. So I got to let you start this one off. So where do you want to start? And we don't care if we're going late. Come on, folks. It's draft season. We're in May. We got seven days till the NBA draft lottery. If you're not buckling up forever, I mean, what are you doing here? I adore this kid. I, I love how he plays. Um, I think he is one of the... He, he, I think he has one of the sweetest shooting strokes in the draft. Um, I think he moves off ball really well. He's a really good athlete, and he's way more than just an off ball shooter. Um, I think he has. I think I think he's a solid ball handler, but his footwork, his balance, the ability for him to really load up on his plant legs to create space on step backs and side steps affords him the ability to 
just create a bunch of different shots from unique angles. He's not shy. He's more than happy to dunk on dudes, uh, whether in the half court or in transition. Um, I shared it the other week, but it's one of my favorite clips of anyone in this draft cycle. And it's Prachita running off um, a stagger screen, a baseline stagger, and his defender goes over the second screen and Prachita settles down into the corner where help defender comes out to him. He attacks the closeout, attacks middle of the lane, plants with his right foot and launches maybe four feet back behind the free throw line and just drains a fadeaway pull up and it's like oh my god like everything the the movement the fluidity the explosiveness the shooting touch all of it was like sign me up give me this kid let me develop him because i i I really think he has all the tools to be just a devastating shooting guard that play that play you're exactly talking about was one of my favorite plays i've ever watched of a prospect this year and it I swear, like people can call me out on this, but if you watch that, someone's gonna be like, "That's Clay Thompson." That was literally Clay Thompson. Like the, just the way he runs off the screen, reads, reacts, shifts gears, the step back. You're like, "Whoa!" Like it, it was so beautiful, and, and mm-hmm. he just he has some plays where you're like, "My goodness!" Like it, it looks like a 25 year old that's been dominating Europe for 10 years. That you're like. He's finally coming over to the States. Instead, it's a young, raw wing. He's got one of the prettiest shots I've seen in a, in a long time. Yeah. Like, it is gorgeous. It's one of those, like, the dream rotations when you're like a, a young kid throwing a basketball. If you're like, I wish I could just shoot it like this every time. <laughs> he has some threes, like, on a catch and shoot. And it's literally just like, it comes off slow and just, woo, like, it just, you're like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. This is one of the most pretty shots I've ever seen. Um, you can tell how excited I'm getting. Like me and Metcalf saved this on purpose. Um, but if we did this in the beginning, we would have talked for two hours. <laughs> I love him. I, I think he's I think he's got swagger. I think he's got real talent. I, I think there's really serious potential for him to stick. Um mm-hmm. everything I've watched of him been one of my favorite guys. I, I, I really do think like he has the mentality you want. Um, on the court. I also think there's just flashes in every area that you, you want to see. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. Something, something's going to, I don't know why he's not getting more love. So I'm hoping that means that everything's going to go well with the pre-draft process for him. But I think someone's going to take a swing because there's yeah. legit tools and, and the, the tape doesn't lie. Um, if everything else checks out, I mean, this kid, this kid could be a serious rotation asset for a team that is making playoff runs. I I really think the world of him, he's just so damn shifty. He's so smooth. So, yeah, he's just one of these lethal off ball shooters that has on ball creation. And, you know, it's guys like uh, Bogdanovich and Desmond Bain and, you know, that type of player that we continually see have huge roles and huge impacts on their rotations. And I, I really do think that he has all the tools to fill that similar role. Um, now, we, you know, we, we got to talk about the defense because we've done it with all these guys, good or bad. Where did you land on that? Um, I, I, I mean, it wasn't something that I was like absolutely in love with. I think he had some good um, 
like he, he had a good job of like using his hands, staying active, some weak side rotations that I was like, okay, you, you know where you're supposed to be. I think I saw some instances where like he was in help and he did a good job staying active, trying to cover multiple spots, jumping some passing lanes. I think he does a good job um, jumping some passing lanes, uh, especially because mm-hmm. he, he can make effort plays on the defensive side of the ball of like, I got to work my butt on following it. I feel like he had a play where he was like following a guy on a, like a staggered screen, worked his butt off to get there and then like tipped it away and ran down, threw yeah. down a huge dunk and then just stared right at the defender. And I was like, that is what you want. Like, so I think there's, there's some upside, um, definitely some raw spots. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I left watching his offensive side of the ball. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, please don't be just an absolute disaster when I watch you defensively. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, he's fine. Like it, yeah. there's plenty of flashes. There's plenty of, there's growing pains. There's some bad spots, but there's, I liked everything I saw. What about yeah, you? And I basically same, same boat. Um, just for, so f- for reference, he's six, seven, one ninety five. probably should have let off with that. So he he's got size like and athleticism um and i think that size and athleticism give him at least a baseline of not being a disaster defensively um i i I think he works hard a lot of the mistakes seemed like mistakes that a lot of young prospects tend to make where they fall fall asleep off ball or you know gamble when they shouldn't um but the the overall activity the fundamentals you know the give a shit factor I, I thought it was all there. So I, I, I don't think he's going to be a bad defender. I don't necessarily think he's going to be an outstanding defender, but I think he's going to be good enough where we don't really talk about it in the future. Yeah. He's six, seven, one ninety five, And people might think that's skinny, but his one ninety five is like all muscle. Yeah. He's and like, if he gains 15 pounds, he's going to be a, an asshole. Deal with. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Like if you go look at his frame, you're like, because I do the same thing. I see six, seven, one ninety five. I'm like, oh boy, he's skinny. And then I turn on the tape, and I was like, this dude's a a rock. Like if he adds some good weight, like he would be a disaster to have to deal with. And my favorite thing about Prochita that I want to make sure for anyone that has not watched him, he will shoot the crap out of the ball, and then he will go and dunk all over you, and he will just give you the scariest death stare of all time after he does it. Like the dude just plays of like, I have no fear for anyone. And I just love the swagger. You usually don't see it with international guys that young. Like they don't have that just swagger. And like, if they make a big play, he also is great at, um, on the offensive side of the ball, he'll fly from the weak side for tip dunks. Like yes. he, he's yes. a, He's just a mentality guy of like, I'm, I'm making a play. I'm going to do something. And I love that. I love that with international raw prospects, especially like guys that don't always have like 30 minutes a game. When they get yeah. in, they're like, I'm going to do anything I can to help. So I love Prochita. I mean, we could have done a damn episode just on Prochita, but um, I thought it was fitting to save him for the end. Um, where do you think – Metcalf, where where should he go? Give me give me your perfect fit from Prochita. Oh God, this is, uh, yeah. Team, team or draft range? Um, team. You gotta pick team. one. You gotta pick one God. team for Gabriel um, Prochita to go to. And I'd love him at twenty one to Denver. 
Oh my, I did not think of that. Um, I, I you know, I, I think Brooklyn would be a fun fit too. Or, or Milwaukee. I don't want him going to Brooklyn. Yeah, fair. I guess with what they got, and just you I'm know, sorry, to- Nets fans. I don't <laughs> want Gabriel Prochita anywhere near the Nets. That that is fair. Um, what where, where were you thinking? Um, I mean, I've I've said OKC too many times, so let me get away from that. I'm not kidding. I don't. I'm, I don't mean to be we the North, but I would love him at Toronto. <laughs> if they got him, if they got him at 33 Metcalf, Scotty Barnes, Prochita. Yeah, so it, it, it's uh, it's tough for me because I I am significantly higher than on him than almost anyone in the world. Um, so you know, t- 21 to Denver is probably way earlier than he would go um but from just a fit standpoint i I think that may be my favorite with him playing off of that murray Jokic two-man game and then the the gravity that michael porter inevitably generates too i know where he should go he's gonna go to the dallas mavericks and him and luke are gonna light the world on fire (laughs) it's gonna be awesome I would love that. Luca yeah. with him and he would just be dunking and shooting threes galore. Oh my gosh, Luca would have so much fun with him. <laughs> but I mean, we're in love with him. He might go way later than we're expecting. I, I, I expect him to go much later than where I have him ranked. I'm expecting me and you talking during the draft and we get to a point in the draft where we're just yelling at the screen, Brochita, take him! And then he's on the board at 50 and we're just depressed. But that's also the important part of the pre-draft process. You never know what Intel's going to come around. I'm sure me and Metcalf in two weeks or something might hear some stuff and we're like, no. <laughs> I mean, it could be about anyone. We might be hearing some buzz that we're like, he's going to go where? I mean, yeah. it's, it's the best time of the year. Yeah, exactly. Well, Rucker, as we end every Tuesday episode, what's the best thing you've seen recently? Um, I, I have to do it, guys. I can't not do this. Al Horford. Oh my gosh. I mean, that was the ugliest game I've ever watched in my life of being a playoff basketball watcher. And as a Celtics fan, I watched that whole game and the whole time I was like, they should be down 30. And then I was like, how is it two? How is it three? How are they up by one? I was like, what's going on? And I, I I just love Al Horford. I thought that was one of the most impressive games. I think he's just um just a that's that's a great example of maybe not the highest upside guy, but he fits perfect with his team right now. He's old, he's he's a veteran, he's been around the league forever, but he is absolutely perfect for what the Boston Celtics need him to be. And the Celtics saw that. They traded their 16th pick to go get him back. Maybe you should, maybe teams need to draft. Like, we need to get guys that we need, not just swing for the superstars. We need to get, you know, we need a shooter at the end of the first. Maybe we get Prochita. We need um, a versatile defender. Maybe we go after Jeremy Sohan. 
you know, we need probably one of the more underrated players in the draft. We go after Keegan Murray. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. We were so close. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I was just talking and I was like, this is a perfect, and I literally compare Al Horford and Keegan Murray sometimes. So I was like, this is the best oh, setup for tomorrow's pod. <laughs> but I mean, Al Horford was great. I just think those guys are really important. Um, those guys win playoff games. I mean, they do because yeah. you're not expecting them to, and they know how to rise to the occasion. And it was just awesome. What about you, Metcalf? I, it was Al Horford. Just yeah, he he just put on a hell of a show. Um, but I I couldn't sum it up any better than you just did. So, Thank you. Rucker, please tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you. Um, no ceilings NBA.com as always, and. We're going to start cooking with gas, folks. It's going to get real fun around here. Lottery, seven days. We got some fun stuff planned for that. We've also got some very fun stuff planned for after the lottery. Hint. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at BackcourtV or Tyler underscore Rucker. Anyone wants to ever talk draft, just message me. Send me a little at sign. You know, keep them, keep them polite. No Keegan Murray hatred. Uh, Metcalf, plug away. I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our written work for free, once again, for free at noceilingsnba.com. While you're there, feel free to hit that subscribe button. There's no excuse not to. It gets delivered directly to your inbox the second we publish anything. You can follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba, and please make sure to subscribe to No Ceilings TV on YouTube. We've got a lot of really cool stuff. We all, or a lot of our finals videos are up that give you a really good overview of these guys' tape and highlight throughout the year. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see you.